This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, uh, joined today by Ian Boyd, uh, Inside Texas XO expert. Uh, Ian, let's get started. We had, we had a topic for today that I wanted to tackle, and that is the six things to watch for this spring. Uh, we, we started, we actually started this discussion offline, and we we're going to make it five things, but you and I decided uh, to make it six. Uh, so uh, I hope people can uh, bear with us. Uh, but number one, I think, is the most important one out of the gate, and that's the QB battle. Uh, what are your thoughts on the QB battle right now at Texas and, and what it looks like and what you're going to be looking for in the spring? Yeah, I've been really curious to get to this moment since they uh, signed yours through the portal. Um, I have not been convinced that yours will win the job. I think he's probably the favorite. You know, you get a guy like that, it's expected that he probably wins the job because of his talent level and just the uh, pomp and circumstance around his arrival at the program is like one of the highest rated Texas quarterbacks of all time transfers to Texas. You expect to see some some early returns, but uh, Hudson Card probably won't give it away and he's pretty talented too. And uh, Quinn Ewers is technically only the age of a true freshman now. So... Um, yeah, I'm really I'm curious to see how it goes. I'm curious if 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 Card makes a leap, uh, feeling the heat, if that if if he responds positively from that and and seizes the job, or if Quinn just kind of comes in and and does that uh you know perfect 1.00 rating thing and just takes it through sheer talent. So, yeah, my, my interesting the interesting thing about that battle you mentioned uh, Hudson Card not be willing to you know he's just not going to hand it over. Uh, I completely agree. And, and the fact that he started playing, we thought, a little bit better. Uh, he, the deer in the headlights look that he had at Arkansas was not as evident when he got to West Virginia, right? And so there was, we all know how that feels sometimes when you, you, you're overwhelmed by the situation and maybe you're too young for it or too inexperienced for it. By the time he got to, to West Virginia, you didn't feel that was the case for him. Clearly, you know, maybe West Virginia's defense is different than Arkansas's uh, and the, the atmosphere there wasn't as hostile uh, or what have you. Uh, the other thing that you got to look for is, you know, leadership from that position and who's going to lead the team the best. Who's going to, it's not just who's going to throw the best ball or uh, it's going to be who's, who's there whenever the team looks down and out and can pick them up a little bit. And I, I think that, you know, there are a lot of guys out there uh, that are talented quarterbacks that aren't necessarily great leaders. And so I'm I, from that QB battle. I'm not I think both of them are very talented guys. I really do. I do think yours is more talented. But at the same time, uh, I'm looking for the leader uh, to emerge from that that group, because ultimately they're going to have to they're going to have to score a lot of points this year to win. 
and that quarterback's going to have to compete hard on third down uh, and play at a, a level that I think is a winning level across the board or else this offense just isn't going to provide the, the, the numbers that it can get. Uh, the, second, the second position I wanted to talk about uh, and we brought up uh, together is linebacker. Uh, this is a, one of the six things we're looking for. And, and, you know, who are, what are the things you're most interested in about this position and one of the reasons why you chose it as one of the six things to watch? Well, I definitely want to see um, if Jalen Ford keeps improving, if he kind of seizes the starting Mike job. And, and uh, I, I think most acknowledge that he's maybe one of the better natural linebackers on the team. Uh, Overshone is a tremendous talent, but he's not, <clears throat> hasn't really been a natural linebacker. Um, Ford might be that. So I, I'm curious to see if he, uh, if he makes the leap that's expected and he, uh, and he looks like he could have a, a good season. And then Overshone. Overshone has uh, finally gotten a lot thicker this offseason. He's finally had an offseason where he wasn't, you know, sidelined with a shoulder injury or some, some such. And um, I'm curious in particular to see uh, how he handles playing heavier with beating blocks and, and just doing linebacker things in the box. I'm not worried about him slowing down or anything like that. I think he's always going to be a guy that covers ground very quickly and reaches plays that lots of people can't make. But I'm curious if he is uh, better equipped as a result of weightlifting to make the plays that a linebacker has to make that he did not make last year. Um, and uh, I think we'll, we'll probably have some inkling of that from spring, probably more so from reports than the spring game. I don't know if they're going to line up and run ISO at Overshone in the spring game, you know, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll hear one way or another how it's looking. Um, you know, the other thing, one thing that Eric Nalin keeps reminding us at Inside Texas is that Overshone hasn't had a spring at the linebacker position. Um, so now he's gained more weight. He's got a full spring, hopefully, no injuries at this point. Um, you know, that's going to impact him. What about one of the guys that I think we don't mention enough that perhaps we should is how David Benda fits into the linebacker equation. Why? Well, part of me thinks that Benda Ford is a, a better, more natural linebacker tandem than Ford and Overshone, but uh, they're not going to Overshone has playmaking ability where if he can, uh, if he can start to be a little more consistent at linebacker 101, then he'll he'll stay on the field just because there's these things he can do that most people can't. So, but one way or the other, Benda should be, you know, like the third linebacker on the team. Maybe we should see a lot of him this year. And if Overshone gets hurt again, or if Ford got hurt or something, uh, maybe he's a, a, de a de facto starter. So, yeah, the um, that leads us in. You mentioned the two linebackers. Really, there's. If you go by their lineup, it's a three-four, but it's really a three. I mean, you can call it whatever you want. It's a multiple front. Um, that leads us into the next topic that you wanted to talk about, which I I found interesting, and it was the edge pass rush project um, yeah. piece of the the equation for Texas this year. And you know, I always and one of the things we talk about is is O'Shawn Mathis and the potential that he's going to be part of the team and and kind of waiting to see what he looks like within the puzzle to understand what Texas is going to look like. But you think it's important for, to, to get a good grasp of that going into the coming out of spring, even before Mathis may or may not show up. Yeah. I mean, 
if he didn't come, it'd be good to know what the pass wrestling situation would be like without him. Obviously, he's, it's hoped and expected he will be there, but um, they have two of those edge positions on the field most of the time. Um, so even if, even if when he's there, that's only one out of two. Um, there's so many guys on the on campus that um, either we haven't seen that much in that capacity that have potential, like uh, Baron Sorrell, David Abiara. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see Jet Bush coming from the weak side instead of the strong side. I kind of think that might be good for him. Um, Agofo, I think, has a lot more than he's shown so far at Texas. He came with a lot of eligibility left. And um, I feel like I'm leaving somebody out. I mean, maybe even Prince Dorba or uh, DJ Harris. I mean, any of those guys comes in and lights the world on fire in the pass rush and they're going to find a role on this team because Lord knows the team needs it. So I'll uh, tell you one you were forgetting is true freshman Justice Finkley. Is yeah, he, yeah. You know, I, I feel like, you know, I think you're kind of putting your, your, your finger on the button here. Even if they get Mathis, right, they're still going to need someone else to step up. It, it, can't, it can't just be a one-man pass rush, so to speak. Um, right. They need someone else to, to step up and, and, you know, be, a, be, a, be a, another force on the opposite side. Yeah, that's the design of the system. I, I, hopefully they could get a three-man rush with Mathis and the two interior guys and consistently apply some pressure with that. But your third down package, I mean, you want, you need, you need more than Mathis in the, on third down. So uh, they have lots of guys that are auditioning for the role. So can't help but be fascinated to see, you know, who, who wins that. Right. A lot of questions, not many answers yet, which is yeah. you know, why we want to, why it's one of the big questions marks for spring. Uh, by the way, if you're not already a subscriber uh, to Inside Texas, InsideTexas.com is running a special right now, four months for just $1. Uh, we are trying to build our subscriber base, uh, want people to give us a try. Uh, so if you've never subscribed before, you can get it uh, four months for $1. Um, let's go on. Uh, Ian, to, to the other, another spot on offense that you kind of pointed out to me that you think is, is imperative, they, they get the right answer to, and that's left tackle. Um, you know, is it because, and I want to position this question for you, in that, is it because you don't know that Christian Jones is the answer, or is Andre Carriage potentially a better answer, or is it a wait and see? And we're going to, we're going to find out maybe if a true freshman is, if no one absolutely takes that role this, this spring. D all of the above. <laughs> okay. Um, Jones has never been that guy. He was um, frankly terrible in pass protection in 2020 In 2021. He was uh, better, not left tackle though. Not the guy that you want. Um, you know, covering the blind side. Last year, usually they, uh, if they were going to leave a tackle kind of isolated, it was usually going to be Kerstetter uh, and he's gone. So they need, they need a tackle. It doesn't even have to be the left tackle. Technically it wasn't, I guess, last year, but you need one guy that you can trust one-on-one -on -one that's not going to get destroyed. You can't have got somebody on both sides where it's like, this guy has to have help or we are screwed. Cause then you just end up with, 
you know, everybody's always asking why we're not throwing a Roshan or Bijan, and it's because, well, they have to stay in to protect, or how come they're never throwing to Billingsley? How come they're throwing, never throwing to Jatavian Sanders? Well, they have to stay in and block. Um, they need, they have lots of guys that I think can be passable right tackles. I don't think that's going to be an issue, but they really need somebody that would be a good left tackle that can hold up some. And uh, I don't know. They have, they have, it's another, they have like four guys that could potentially do that on campus right now. Who are they? Who are those four? Yeah. Christian Jones, obviously you would get first crack at it. Andre Karich, um, Jalen Garth is healthier now. And then uh, Hayden Connor could get an audition at tackle. And I, I kind of expect him to end up at right guard, but you know, he'll, he'll get a look at tackle. Maybe he'll end up being the best one. I, I don't know. We'll see. And then obviously that's just for spring. Right. And then in the fall, they'll have uh, Kelvin Banks and Cameron Williams and Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Neto, however you say his last name, you know. So Umio Zulu, yeah. Umio Zulu. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of intrigue there. It it may be hard to it may be hard for us to know for sure which of these guys are really doing good in pass protection at tackle because the guys across from them was our last question, right? So if we hear that um, you know, if they're like, oh, Justice Finkley had two sacks yesterday, well, that's probably a good thing. But how good, not, you know, who knows? Who, who was he up against? Was he up against Christian Jones? Was he up against Hayden Connor? Was he up against a walk-on? You know, it will, so that'll be, it will, we'll, we'll do our best to keep our eye on it, but it's going to be, a, it's going to be difficult to figure out. Yeah, it's so much of the spring, you're right. I mean, it's, it's you live in an echo chamber, right? It's, yeah. it is uh, a zero-sum game. If one's doing good, the other one's doing bad, ostensibly, and you don't know, at what level they're necessarily competing against because you don't know the, you don't know where they were at. But I will say, go ahead. Do you remember last year? I think I, we got a hold of some clip, I think from practice in our, in our group thread. And uh, I was like, Hey, look, check this, check this play out. And then you were like, who is that at right tackle? Just getting destroyed there. Cause it was like, I, I don't, do you remember this? A little bit, vaguely, yeah. I think it was like Jacoby Jones or somebody just like put a spin move on somebody and was on Hudson Card in like a second. And it was, it looked good, but then it was like, oh my God, was that one of the starters at tackle? Because that was, that was worrisome. Yeah, and Jacoby Jones wasn't exactly a man beater or a world, world beater in, in uh, <clears throat> Astro situations. And, and I think that that goes to, that really goes to show, Ian, what we're both probably, um, concerned with and having watched spring practices through the years uh, and, and seen, seen it develop, what you're really looking for competitive reps, you know, where each, each person is uh, pushing the other. And until you get to a level where you know they're competitive outside of this uh, setting, you really, you don't know what, what you have and what you don't. Um, 
you know, I, I feel like left tackle is an interesting one, which you're really talking about, though, rather than left tackle, is just a tackle that can pass protect one-on-one -on -one at times. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I hear you on that, and I, I agree with it, uh, particularly if we, we want to see Texas take more shots with uh, various receivers and, you know, keeping a, a tight end in all the time last year, uh, keeping a running back in almost every play. That was that handicapped the offense and got them into a lot of, I mean, they were in a lot of third and longs where they didn't let the back leak. And if they had, I mean, they, they, they played Roshan Johnson's very good in the past game. B. John Robinson, very good in the past game. Uh, Keelan Robinson, Eric's hearing hopefully that, that he gets more involved this year. So I feel like, you know, that one position uh, has a cascade effect on other uh, aspects of the offense that maybe people aren't looking towards. And that's why you mentioned there's four guys on the roster, other guys coming, but just like as, as a pass rush edge, you know, you have none until you have one, right? And, and so we have a bunch of candidates, but not necessarily someone uh, stepping forward. Another place where I personally felt like this is one that needed to be discussed in, in the six things to watch or, or, or battles or whatever you, however you want to say it for this spring, and that's its safety. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that, you know, you start through the middle of the defense at, you know, defensive tackle, linebackers, and the safeties. Um, the combo of, of linebacker and safety play last year is the worst I've seen in the history of Texas football, in my opinion. Um, and I'm not trying to be brutal about it. I'm just trying to be brutally honest. I mean, I thought they were really bad. Uh, that doesn't mean that the defensive front, uh, the, the down linemen were actually great or anything either. Um, and I'm not trying to pin, pin it on any one group. It's just they literally had problems making routine plays, in my opinion. Um, that, that both the linebackers and the safeties. The, the issue with the safeties, though, is they weren't sure tacklers. Um, B.J. Foster certainly wasn't. Jaron Thompson whiffed on some big plays. Uh, Brennan Schooler is probably the best tackler of the bunch, and even he had issues at times. I, um, I, I'm asking you, you know, all, all, only one back is Jaron Thompson. And a lot of people are saying that he's penciled in as a starter. And I don't necessarily know that he's starter good at Texas. Um, Anthony Cook is back, but he's moving from nickel to safety. Um, I, guess I, I guess Texas could keep him at, at, at nickel and move someone else to safety if, if safety doesn't work out for him. But I, I don't see a lot of promise at safety, which is as much as we mentioned linebacker, that's why I think they need a, a safe, a portal in the, a, a portal transfer from the, uh, at safety so badly. Um, what are your thoughts on the safety position? Not just the personnel, but you know, how it all fits and maybe their need for, for someone in the portal too. I think, I definitely think a, a portal player wouldn't go amiss if they can get like a all big 12 kind of guy, like Devani Reed, the guy they were after was a good player. Um, or that central uh, Michigan kid, the, the central yeah. Michigan one. Yeah. Yeah. That kid, he was a good player or some, or like the, uh, the Northwestern kid. I don't know if they even went after him that went to, I think Michigan state. That was like, you know, a pretty solid player had, had proven it had made like 80, 90 tackles in a season in playing big time college football. Um, 
I, I think they actually have decent talent at safety. I don't know if they have someone that's like, um, like they definitely don't have like a Kyle Hamilton, you know, like a Terry Joseph had at Notre Dame. I don't know if they have a, uh, anyone like, a, you know, like guys that people, Texas fans remember, like a Earl Thomas or a. Yeah, if, if they do, if they do have that person, he's a true freshman. Right. He, was, he wasn't on the roster last year. Yeah. Coffee, coffee kind of intrigues me. I actually think coffee might be pretty good. Coffee and Thompson both are the sorts of guys where they play pretty fast and big, even though they aren't. Um, I think both of them could look good if things are set up for them properly in, in front with the linebackers and the line. And, and if, if they were playing in a, in a stable system where everybody was doing their job properly, I think Coffee and Thompson would both be guys like you would see at like West Virginia last year had good safety play. And it was a couple like seniors, you know, and they may or may not stick for very long in the NFL, but they were guys that could make a lot of plays if they were there to be made. I think Texas is close to getting to the level to where they have guys that can make routine plays and, and uh, just be really difficult to work down the field against. I don't know if they have anyone that makes extraordinary plays. Um, and even just making routine plays would be a leap from last year. So there's, you know, everything on the table this spring for Texas trying to get that spot right. Yeah, I, I think about it, and I, I do like J.D. Coffey at safety. I like him better than Jaron Thompson, actually, but I don't think you can play a game with both of them uh, because I think they both lock, lack top-end speed. They, they both come down quicker than they, than they can get back, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't think you can play – I don't think you can play – Big 12 football necessarily with two of those guys and not, you know, I, I think you have to have one. And I'm not sure Anthony Cook is that guy either. So it, a lot of it depends on what kind of coverages they play too and how they play their coverages. You know, if the nickel is a um, Jedi Baron or somebody who's playing man coverage, it kind of changes the equation. If they're just kind of either, you know, dropping back to center field or they're dropping down in the box, that's kind of a simpler gig than like last year where they're trying to play too high and they just have to, you know, they have to stay on top of receivers and stuff. So it, you know, it, it, some of it changes depending on the scheme and what they're going to ask them to do this year. Um, they'll probably do a little bit of everything. Um, we'll, we'll see on that too. That's another question is how they're even going to use the safeties this year. And I, I think that's, I think that's my point. My, that's my point, you know, is, you, you want your defense to be able to handle a, a myriad of looks and be able to, to actually, you know, transform or morph into what you need to do to compete against the opponent week to week. Right now, I feel like they have, if, if they put Anthony Cook back there to go along with J.D. Coffey and Jaron Thompson, no offense to those three, but I think they're all strong safeties, what I would call a typical strong safety type. None of them are what I would call a, a real free safety type. Um, and right now, unless you add a BJ uh, Allen uh, or a Jade Barron, is there a free, a true free safety on that roster? Um, and I don't know that Jade Barron is that person either, or Keaton Crawford, uh, who's moved to safety and cross training there. So I feel like that's why 
I feel they actually need more of a, a free safety than they do a strong safety at this point. I feel like they've got a bunch of strong safeties and no free safeties. Like a Caden Stearns, like a guy that's going to run well at the combine and can carry a slot and you're not terrified. Yeah, I don't know if they have that guy on the roster. Uh, I kind of suspect not, but, um, you know, just depends on – you can get by. You can get by. If the, yeah, if the I, nickel... I, but here, here's the problem with that, Ian. Nobody wants to just get by. I don't want to just get by. You know, <laughs> I think it's nice to say, oh, you can get by, but that's what that you get by and you go five and seven. <laughs> well, if they just get by, they should finally do better in five, seven, at least. Yes. I take your point. Yeah. Um, uh, one last plug. I want to, I want to plug this. And then the, the sixth thing I think is, is my, favorite to talk about this offseason probably uh but one last plug for insidetexas.com one dollar four months please give us a try we really hope you'll like it uh ian is on there every day i'm on there every day eric nalin jerry hamilton justin wells um who am i paul wadlington uh a host of us are on there every day trying to answer questions and also uh provide articles and and feedback on on texas longhorn sports and recruiting uh Last one though, number six for today. And I've got to say, one of the things I'm most looking forward to this spring is the introduction of Isaiah Nayor and Jalil Billingsley simultaneously into the offense. I think that, uh, I think it's just more speed on the field uh, as well as more size uh, potentially too. Um, And so, you know, what, how does, how does the Texas offense look with those guys, how does it change how a defense has to approach uh, B. John Robinson? How does it, you know, Xavier Worthy showed that you couldn't just load up the box last year against Texas. If you did, you got torched for 75-yard touchdown like OU uh, right out of the gate. Um, so if you have those kind of elements on the outside, and it's not just one of them, like it was last year with Xavier Worthy for so much of the year, how does that play into it, and uh, what what does it look like, Ian? On your in your in your feeling, in the way you feel, you're not so sure on Billingsley. If I our previous conversations, I'm just I'm trying to encapsulate them. You're not so sure on Billingsley what his role will be, but you're adamant about what Naor's role will likely be. Yeah, um, it's really tough to try to figure out what this offense is going to look like. They just have so many weapons. Um, I think they want to run more 20 personnel because Rashawn Johnson is one of the best players on the team. And uh, Nayor, you know, you don't catch 12 touchdown passes in FBS level football and then sit on the bench at too many places, not at Texas right now. Billingsley, uh, you know, he's probably potentially competing with Whittington for snaps in the slot. So, I mean, they'll, I'm sure they'll run lots of packages and lots of formations and get different guys out there, but they have just, it's amazing the level, the uptick in weaponry from last year to this year, uh, just from, I mean, they bring in two guys through the portal. Um, and then I, I guess also they, it, it's significant that they brought everybody back from last year. That was a significant player. So they really have, just so many weapons, it, it gets you back to left tackle again, where you, you could easily imagine scenarios where this offense could put 
four or five receivers into patterns that are legitimately dangerous if they can just protect and avoid throwing interceptions. Um, I think I'm curious to hear uh, how Billingsley is coming along, if he's willing to do kind of the little things as a blocker. If they can play in 12 personnel and he can just block a little bit, then he should get just, you know, unreal opportunities to go catch balls in the seams. And Nayor, um, you know, if Billingsley comes on, does that mean that Whittington and Nayor are competing for a spot outside? And then we're, and then we're tracking how Nayor versus Whittington looks. Um, it's very different than the, it's very different than the conversation on defense. You know, like you know, so many of these guys, you know, are legitimate weapons and it kind of gives you a barometer for, so when you hear if this guy is like, this guy has to play, he's so good. Then you, you have an idea of how good exactly he is because we know, we know what Bijan is. We know what Rashawn is. We know what Whittington and, and, and Worthy are. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of think I'm just kind of curious to see how the, how the hierarchy sorts out with all these guys. I think we know already that they're all pretty good. So it's who's the best. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I want to say this because a lot of times we get caught up in vernacular that not many, uh, uh, not all football fans know. 20 personnel, which you, it, whenever you talk about 20 personnel or 12 personnel, the first number is the number of running backs on the field. And the second number is the number of tight ends on the field. So 20 would be two running backs, no tight ends. 12 would be one running back, two tight ends. And one of the reasons you keep mentioning the 12 personnel with Billingsley is because you believe that Gunnar Helm is going to be that blocking tight end, largely believe that that's going to be what pans out this year, correct? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you're, you're like, you like are a firm believer in that, that Billingsley can't be in that role too? Well, he could, but, you know, if, if you want to feature Bijan and Roshan, and the tight end doesn't block. I mean, that doesn't just doesn't make very much sense. Is he a so, better blocker though than Jared Wiley? I mean, or is he similar? Well, but but Jared Wiley would always play with Brewer, right? They they yeah. didn't have they didn't have Wiley out there without Brewer very often. So they can definitely set him up for easy blocking gigs if the other tight end on the field is a good blocker. Or if they want to make one of the running backs block, then they can they can mix things up and make things easier on Billingsley. But um, if he wants to play an 11 personnel where there's only one tight end and it's going to be him on a team with Rashawn Johnson and Bijan Robinson, he better block a whole heck of a lot more than he did to Alabama. So. Gotcha. Now that, that makes sense. I, I feel like, I feel like Nayor is just going to be too talented to keep off the field. And yeah. Billingsley is, is all about finding his spot potentially. Yeah. Right. Um, let, let's go back through the, the, the six real quick. And I'm, I want to get your just one sentence thought on them to kind of encapsulate what, where you're at on it. Uh, QB battle. What, one sentence. Just one sentence. Just a quick thought about where you're really at on it. Whoever doesn't throw picks. That's fair. Linebacker. Um. Time to graduate 101. I, I'm, I'm Jalen Ford and who? That's yeah, mine. Yeah, I, I, that's I, I like Jalen Ford. He should be a starter. Beyond that, I'm not sure Overshone's the guy. He's yet to prove that he should be. Um, pass rush edge. 
Somebody make an offer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Left tackle. Um, floor for the offense or seal, sort of the ceiling for the offense. Is if, I don't know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that I think where you're going at, you explain yourself really well. I mean, it's like so much relies on uh, the number of receivers in the routes, uh, what you can do off of it, what side uh, the run game has to go to, all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. Safety. Um, time to graduate 101. <laughs> I think mine is mine is find yourself a free safety. I mean, I really. I don't know that they have one. I think they've got, a, unless it's B.J. Allen or unless Jody Barron or Keaton Crawford can be that person. I just And, and I know you said they can play different coverages. Ultimately, they're going to be tested. I, I, I just believe that. Uh, and then Nayor and Billingsley. Um, Who is the alpha? Xavier Worthy. <laughs> B. John <laughs> I, I think Nayor will be too. All right, Ian, thanks for your time today, bud. Uh, on behalf of uh, On Texas Football here, I'm Bobby Burton, your host, Ian uh, Boyd joining us. Uh, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, this version of On Texas Football, please hit the subscribe button in your bottom right-hand side. Thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.